Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a Friday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Another day. Another bit of news for the Raiders on the offensive line. No, uh, it's not Trent Brown. This has to do with Richie Incognito, and it looks like he, uh, almost expectedly, uh, is also on his way out uh, in a salary cap move that will save the Raiders $5.7 million or create $5.7 million uh, in cap uh, relief. Uh, The issue is the Raiders... Two starting offensive guards, projected offensive guards going into last season. Gabe Jackson uh, at right guard and Richie Incognito at left guard do not appear to be in the plans moving forward uh, to 2021. Uh, And while Denzel Good capably replaced Richie Incognito in the starting lineup uh, last year after Richie went down, remember Richie only played two games last year to do an Achilles tendon injury, he, good, is a free agent, so there's no guarantee that the Raiders are going to bring him back, although I know that they're going to uh, do everything that they can to bring good back. Uh, but even if they do, it still opens up a huge hole. There's a hole along the offensive line. It could be two spots that the Raiders need to replace uh, or you know, one spot uh, if they bring back good. And as of right now, really only John Simpson, the, the rookie from Clemson, uh, is on the roster. Did John Simpson do enough last year uh, to... Um, you know, guarantee that he's going to be the starter uh, next year. I don't think there's any guarantees of that whatsoever, but it, certainly uh, he's now in line to compete, le- legitimately compete for a starting job, although uh, there's a lot of time between now and um, OTAs and training camp, uh, and I'm sure the Raiders are going to be kicking the tires on on guards, uh, veteran guards that hit the open market uh, in the salary cap purge that we expect over these next couple of weeks. There's also guards in regular free agency that um, that we'll take a look at today and talk about. Obviously, it's now all of a sudden guard uh, becomes a huge issue uh, for the Raiders. Uh, Gabe Jackson is no longer here, uh, a veteran pillar along the Raiders' offensive line for, for many years, uh, and now Richie Incognito um, – uh, is is on his way out uh, the door, and according to the reports, it looks like Richie is healthy. We we had you know heard some stuff about about Richie uh, getting back out there and practicing, and uh, or at least working out. And it looks like he's ready and in, in line uh, to maybe compete for a job somewhere next year. It doesn't look like he's going to be with the Raiders. So there it is. Uh, a huge. We we go into this off season thinking that uh, it was going to be all about the defense, but now all of a sudden the Raiders have some issues on the offensive line. I'm sure they have a plan. There's no question about it. You know, make moves without thinking the whole thing out. So uh, somewhere, somehow, some way, they're comfortable that they're going to be able to replace Gabe Jackson. They're going to be able to replace uh, Richie Incognito and move forward. Uh, but. Nevertheless, uh, you think about the offensive line this time next year as you projected in 2020 and you had Trent Brown at right tackle, Gabe Jackson at right guard, Rodney Hudson at center, um, Richie Incognito at left guard, and Colton Miller at left tackle, and that was an offensive line projected to be uh, the best offensive line in the NFL. A year later, we still don't know what's going to happen with Trent Brown. I think he's going to be back. 
uh, and Richie Incognito is gone. Gabe Jackson is gone. So there you go. Uh, life in the NFL, it moves pretty fast. So uh, you got to keep paying attention. That's for sure. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're immediately going to go out to the open uh, Raider Nation uh, listener line. And Rich is in Oakland. He wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Vinny? Um, yeah, I hope that we sign Richie Incognito for less. You know, I hope he comes back because if he doesn't, this is not good. It's not good at all. I thought the reason we traded Khalil Mack was to avoid these cap situations. It's funny how Chris, uh, the Chiefs signed Chris Jones to a massive contract, signed Mahomes to the biggest contract ever, and Raiders fans were laughing that they were going to be in cap hell. But how are we in cap hell? You know, they got a ring. They got a championship. This just proves how inept this front office is. They need to get it together. And well, wait, you know, I don't. They're not. They're not in cap hell whatsoever. Uh, anything but, to be honest with you, they've actually structured their contracts. Cap hell would mean, you know, when you move off from Richie Incognito and you take a big hit by doing so. Cap hell is when you have to get rid of a Gabe Jackson and take a severe cap hit as a result. When you're, de- you know, when you're in a, a box where, where no matter what you do, uh, you're still going to take a big hit. That's not the case. They structured those contracts. Uh, in a way where um, you know uh, they could easily walk away if they so cho- choose to do. Richie Incognito, let's face it, at 37 years old, is a huge question mark coming off an Achilles tendon. The guy played two games last year, so I think oh, they're they're looking though. at you know I think they're looking at okay you know where are you physically? Are you willing to take a little bit of a pay cut? I'm sure they had that conversation with them, and um, obviously he's going to get released, so we know what the answer to that was. So in in their eyes. $5.7 million was just a little bit too rich for a player that gave them two games last year, and there's no guarantee at his age he's going to come back coming off an Achilles tendon injury uh, better or as good as he was when he left. That's a tricky situation and a tricky injury uh, at that age. So, um, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, and, and nor should you, that they're in cap hell or anything like that. Obviously, everybody across the league, for the most part, has to make moves because the cap went down. When the Raiders signed, um, you know, Gabe Jackson, let's say, and, and Trent Brown a couple of years ago, uh, go, put it this way: going into the 2019, when you signed guys like Gabe, ja- or tw- yeah, 2019, when you signed guys like Trent Brown and, and and players like that, Terrell Williams, players like that, there was COVID 19 was not on the radar. <laughs> you know, you were expecting and could have uh, predicted safely. Uh, that by 2021, the cap was going to be around $220 million, up from about 188 when you signed those players. Because in normal years, the normal progression of the salary cap would have put it at that amount of money uh, going into this offseason. But because of COVID-19 and revenue going dramatically down, uh, keep in mind, Fans weren't at games for the most part across the country uh, this year. That's a lot of money that you're talking about in terms of season ticket sales uh, and, and concessions and food and, and you know parking and all of that all of those things that that the NFL counts toward revenue and uh, is is used to establish what the salary cap is going to be. That wasn't available. So teams across the league, you're gonna let me tell you something, uh, uh, Rich. You're gonna see a bunch of players even better than Richie Incognito in much better. Uh, positions, uh, not coming off surgeries, productive players from last year, guys like Gabe Jackson uh, that across the league are going to be released in these next in this next week or so. We're already seeing it. 
uh, and it actually puts the Raiders and other teams in a pretty good position. They're going to get under the cap. Um, they'll be they'll be uh, under the cap enough to make some moves. There's also you know going over the cap by using signing bonuses and prorating those sign- signing bonuses in a way that you know takes down a player's salary for 2021. If you need to do that, uh, they'll be able to do that, and they're probably going to do that. But I'll tell you right now, uh, based on everyone that I talk to. You're going to see a bunch of good players on the open market, and that's in addition to the free agents that we already can kind of predict, the John Johnsons, you know, the Dalvin Tomlinsons, uh, potentially uh, uh, you know, Leonard Williams, the, the regular free agents, guys whose contracts are about ready to expire on March 16th or March 17th. Us, in addition to that class of players, and it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good class of players across the board, and especially defensively, you're going to have guys that you don't aren't even thinking about right right now across the league that NFL teams just said, man, we're not going to be able to keep keep this guy. We're not going to be able to keep that guy. I, it's been described to me as it's it's going to be a purge, a bloodbath. You're going to see a bunch of players out there, and from the Raiders' perspective, where they're going to be eventually be with the salary cap once it's all settled, once they figure out how much uh, what the salary cap really is. And they keep making moves like Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito. We'll see what happens to Trent Brown. We'll see what happens to LaMarcus Joyner. Marcus Mariota uh, is a player that they may trade and get back the 10.7 that that he's on the books for. They're going to be in a good position to make moves, not just with the guys that we see, again, pending, that are coming up, whose contracts are soon to run out in the next couple of weeks or so and hit the open market as free agents, but those other players, these veteran players like Gabe Jackson – uh, that are going to hit the open market here pretty soon and add depth to an already pretty deep uh, salary or um, uh, free agent class. So I wouldn't, you know, I would not classify it as they're in salary cap hell. They're just doing what's necessary to put themselves in a position to really make a move. I think with some big time defensive additions uh, and and maybe some veteran players again that we can't predict necessarily who they're going to be because they haven't, um, you know, gotten released by their teams yet. But there will be players uh, uh, of those uh, of that caliber that are, and that that I think are going to also be able to to uh, be reeled in on bargain deals because the salary cap is a real thing across the league with it going down for the first time in decades. It's going to create a buyer's market. You're going to be in good shape to get good value while dealing with a uh, a very deep class of and pool of, of talent. So don't freak out just yet. <laughs> don't freak out just yet no. now. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I agree with you with what you're saying. When I, I know we're not in cap hell, but what I'm thinking, in my mindset, we're, when I looked at the numbers of the cap, I understand the cap is going to go down, but I don't understand how other teams that signed that have really big signings have more money than us left over. I understand we're not in that, that we're not in cap hell. And I think me and you could both agree on this. This is, this has to do with drafting that the, the Raiders have to draft players, especially in the first round that, that they're going to be able to get a second contract from us. We need to start drafting players and bringing players in free agency that are going to contribute to the future. Cause I mean, we all want the same thing, you know, as fans, we're frustrated you know, and Richie's most likely going to come back, but who knows what's going to happen with Trent Brown. I just want to win, and I think that Mayock and Gruden have to do a better uh, a better job of getting players in here that are going to see that second contract because when you have players that see a second contract and, you know, you, you bring in players, great players, like you were saying, defensive players, which we're going to need this year, 
here that are going to contribute and you can keep for a long term, then you're going to be better off in the salary. You know what I mean? We all no doubt about it. And I think that you know when you go back a couple of years ago or a few years ago, I think that there was there were just some bad drafts that the Raiders had. Um, you know, we haven't even gotten to um, a player that a John Gruden drafted player. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, it, in terms of signing that second contract, Colton Miller very likely is going to get signed. So that was 2015, right? That was that was that uh, the 2015 draft. The 2018, uh, or no, excuse me, that was a 2018 draft. So that was John Gruden's first year. You're gonna your 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 first round pick in 2018. Uh, is going to be signed, I believe, to a second contract. That was a good draft pick. He's turned out to be a really good left tackle in the NFL. That was value. That was a good pick. Uh, you know, from the 2019 class, I think Clee Farrell is very much, uh, you know, already establishing himself as somebody the Raiders are going to want to keep around here for a long time. We'll see about Jonathan Abram. I think this is a huge year uh, for him. So we don't really have a track record of John Gruden's drafts here with the Raiders. Uh, to to quantify about that second pick that gets signed because none of those players, we haven't gotten to that point with any of his draft picks yet. The the first one up is going to be Colton Miller, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'd be shocked if he didn't re-sign with the Raiders or the Raiders didn't sign him to a second contract because he's that good. So give them credit for that. We'll see about, you know, uh, know, Damon Arnett, will he see a second contract? Uh, Cleve Farrell, I think, will see a second contract. Uh, will will Max Crosby see a second contract? There's a lot of guys that you know are going to be in those positions coming up now, uh, and that's where, where where we'll start to see it now. And keep in mind, it's not like all that unusual that teams let players go uh, or, or or just let them hit free agency. Those second, third, third round picks, you know, you get four years out of them, sometimes five years out of them, whatever the case might be. Uh, and then you move on, and you know. Hopefully, in the meantime, you're drafting well. It doesn't always mean that you you, you missed on guys too. Sometimes you, you you did too good. You you drafted too well. A guy like John Johnson from the Rams is going to hit free agency here pretty soon. Not because he's not good as a uh, you know the third round pick that he was out of Boston College. He's too good, and the rate and and the Rams aren't going to have enough money to be able to re-sign him under the you know because of the salary cap impl- implications. Hey Vinny, so, can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so but doesn't the, what does this say about the Raiders' offensive line going into next season? Where like this past season, where it's just, it's just like if this offensive line is healthy, this is one of the best offensive lines in football. But isn't that like taking away a staple of what made the team so good? Because it doesn't seem like this offensive line is going to be coming back intact, or is it just saying, hey, if you got Cody Miller on the left side and you got Ronnie Hudson under center, that they'll just be fine with whoever they put there? Well, I think I think how it's going to shake out, at least as far as. As far as I can see, I think you're going to have Colton Miller at left tackle. I think Denzel Good comes back at left guard. I think they'll re-sign him. I think Rodney Hudson will be your center. I think Trent Brown's most likely going to be your right tackle. So so really, what you're going to have to do, and, and getting Trent Brown back is almost like getting a new player back because he really wasn't in there last year. You know, They had to go so far down on their depth chart to keep replacing him. But if he's healthy and, and ready to rock and roll for, for 16 games, then problem solved at right tackle. Uh, so now you're looking at a right guard. Could it be John Simpson, uh, the rookie that they drafted in the fourth round out of Clemson? Maybe. But I also think, uh, Devon, there's going to be good value um, coming out of these ve- this veteran you know, free agent group that, that, that we've been talking about that I think there could be a, a solution there as well uh, at, at half the price probably of somebody like um, 
you know, uh, Gabe Jackson. Now, nothing against it. Gabe Jackson, and he's a heck of a player. But I think because of this depth that we're talking about, this 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 wave of players that's going to be um, available, I think the Ra- the Raiders are pretty comfortable that they'll be able to uh, to get that fixed. So, but it, does it create uncertainty? Absolutely. Again, like you said, this was an offensive line that was projected to be the best in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. When you're talking about, you know, from uh, from, from from left to right, Colton Miller, Richie, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, uh, Gabe Jackson, and, um, and and Trent Brown. Now, they only got two games from um, from from Richie, and four games really, four full games from Trent Brown. So obviously, things don't always work out like you hope. And they certainly didn't for the Raiders' offensive line last year. But, you know, I'll say this. Um, and uh, they still played pretty well. In spite of all the change and upheaval, there were some stinkers that they, that they had. And, um, you know, uh, they, they had to deal with a lot. When you're talking, remember, you, you know, Sam Young would come in and couldn't finish games because he wasn't, uh, because he couldn't, you know, stay healthy during the course of games. Uh, Brandon Parker didn't, um, you know, solidify himself as somebody that they could really depend on. They had to move Denzel Good to tackle, then back to guard. Uh, Sam Young had to play left tackle when uh, in, a, in a game or two that Colton Miller didn't play. So there was a lot of, unfortunately, um, you know, upheaval on, on the offensive line. But they still got through, and uh, you know, they have a really good offensive line coach. Uh, obviously, they probably have some faith in John Simpson uh, coming back and, and competing for a starting job. But I also think that through the draft and uh, in free, and the draft has some has some pretty good looking um, offensive line prospects that uh, not just in the first round either uh, beyond that. So maybe there's some people that they have on their eye on in the draft. We'll see. It does create uncertainty. There's no question about it. But sometimes you have to have conviction that. Um, you know, we, we've got the necessary plan or the necessary players in place uh, to, to fill the, the holes that we create. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Tony wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Tony? Hey, first time uh, caller, first time listener, actually. Um, just had to call in uh, about the incognito news. Um, so just to quickly piggyback on the, the last caller, um, you know, I don't think the Raiders really had an elite offensive line last last year. They in years past definitely, but they had they had a top half of the league line, but that's certainly not a top five. Um, and just um, you know, going forward with all the uh, salary cap ramifications, with you know every team having to shed a lot of weight, um, do you think there'll be instances where a team will cut players and then you know they try out free agency a week or two? And then it comes around that, uh, you know, the player ends up saying, you know, I'll take a pay cut and come back. And, and has there really been instances of that where the players kind of in, in the past, uh, you know, have there been instances where players kind of looked in the market, haven't really got a good deal and said, I'll come back for a third of what I was originally going to get. Yeah, there are. And then there's also, um, I think, situa- there are, there's definitely going to be situations, I believe, um, here in these next three, four weeks, a month or so, where, uh, you know, players that are pending free agents um, aren't signed by their current teams um, before hitting the open market. I think players will test the market 
and then uh, they'll bounce back to the teams that uh, that that they're still on. Because I think money's going to dry out pretty quickly uh, in, in 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 free agency, and I think players and agents need to just need to understand that this is not the year you're going to be getting, in for the most part. Uh, the big, huge contracts, long-term contracts, uh, the, I think you're going to have to see a lot of creativity. Um, I think there's going to be probably some shorter deals, maybe. Uh, I think I know agents are going to be pushing for the, uh, the, the, the cash over cap uh, component, which essentially means um, taking down the annual average salary by using um, you know cash bonuses, uh, a signing bonus. Let's say you sign... Um, let's say you sign a player to five years, $50 million, right? That would average out to, obviously, $10 million a year for five years, right? But in your books, on your salary cap, the thing, or the, uh, the, the salary, the thing that gets computed against your salary cap, um, you don't want to give the guy, you don't want him to reflect $10 million in 2021 in a, in a cap year where um, you know, things are pretty gnarly in terms of, hey, a lot of teams have to be creative. So what they could do, what you could do is maybe make, you know, a five-year $50 million contract um, where $40 million, I'm just throwing out numbers here as an example, where let's just say you make it the whole thing, a, a, a signing bonus. So so with a $50 million signing bonus, all right, um, and, and, and what you could do, then you prorate, you give the player for the $50 million up front. I'm not saying this will happen, but this is kind of an idea of how it could happen. You give the player the $50 million up front, then prorate that signing bonus over the course of his contract. Um, so you would you would pay in bonuses, in a signing bonus, uh, over the next five years. So $10, $10 million each of the next five years. You could do it in a way that takes that first year salary down to you know a million dollars. Corey Littleton last year, okay? Corey Littleton counted against the Raiders' books, even though he got paid $13 million, he, ca- he only counted last year on the salary book ledger and the cap as $3 million. That's because they, they converted his salary in 2020 to a $10 million signing bonus that now gets paid. He, get, he got that money up front, but it gets paid in $2 million installments over the next four years. So um, you could do it that way too by taking down the, the, the salary number way down, but you're giving it, you know, you're giving the player cash up front. And you can do that. You can, you could go over the, you can literally go over the cap uh, on any given year by giving the player that money in a, in, a, in a signing bonus. But you always have to account for it at somewhere down the line. So Corey Littleton, when he's long gone probably, is still going to be hitting the Raiders cap through like 2024 at about 2.5 million dollars even if he's whether he he's here or not so there that's the that's the risk but i would suspect agents are going to be pushing for those big time so, uh, signing cap uh, or salary signing bonuses up front that get prorated over the length of a contract in order to get the player uh, as much money as possibly up front but in a way that for the team that takes his salary hit down it's kind of confusing but it's actually not if you just kind of look at it on, on on paper and i think you're going to see a lot of that as well uh so that so that free agents can still move around the raiders can be active other teams can be active but they're going to have to pay a lot of money up front in in hold hard cash that you then prorate over the course of the contract you're in the huddle with Vinny monster and lincoln kennedy brought to you by tequila and bottler 
We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I want your call, Raider fans, 702-365-9200. We're going to be uh, talking to uh, my good friend and colleague over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Ed Graney, in just a few minutes. But before we do, and you're in the huddle uh, with Vinny Bonson, you are brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Uh, before we get to Ed, I want to go back out onto the Raider Nation listener line. Tim wants to talk about, uh, I'm assuming, what the heck are the Raiders doing with their offensive line? Tim, how you doing, man? Good, Vinny. How you doing? Doing really well, thank you. Yeah, Vinny, it's just, I wouldn't freak out just yet, but, I mean, this is concerning, given that two months ago we were just saying, oh, offense is fine, you know, we just got to fix this defense. Now this uncertainty has just grown. Cause you don't, you're not bringing back Nelson Aguilar. I mean, we don't know, right? But that's not good. You lose Gabe Jackson. You're already talking about cutting or cutting or trading Trent Brown, and even if we keep Trent Brown, Trent Brown is reading this. He's seeing that, you know, we're shopping him. I'm sure he, as enthusiastic as he already was, it just got worse. And then you cut, you know, Richie Incognito. You lose continuity on the line. I mean, could you get better players? Maybe. But even so, you just lost that continuity. And we've seen what Derek Carr does with the bad old line. He's a good quarterback, but without a bat, without a, a top line, I mean, you've seen the fumbles. He's going to have fumbleitis. I mean, if he's not looking, you know, downfield constantly, he's, I mean, he's going to get hit, you know? So, I mean, that's concerning right there. Just, just right there. I mean, we're talking defense, but we're not looking at the offense. Um, yeah, I mean, well, a couple things, um, you know, I totally get your, your point about the continuity, but there really wasn't continuity last year. I mean, the two players aside, Gabe Jackson definitely was, was a pillar, but Richie played two games last year. Uh, Trent Brown played four games last year. There was like no continuity on the offensive line, unfortunately, and the and the Raiders were still able to manufacture a fairly quality offensive line throughout the course of the season. And I give the uh, you know Denzel get, good gets a whole bunch of credit. I think he'll be back. I think uh, the the the, uh, the release of it, Richie Incognito pretty much opens the door for that. I would I wouldn't be shocked if we heard. Uh, in the next few days, that that you know um, he's coming back uh, on on a new deal, uh, or at least in the next couple of weeks. So um, you know, realistically, if you look at it that way, let's say Denzel Good gets re-signed, he replaces Richie Incognito, who he pretty much replaced all year last year anyway. So uh, so you're bringing back the guy that played the majority of the snaps in Denzel Good. It looks like. Uh, Trent Brown, I think, um, and, you know, just doing some poking around, I think he comes back. I think there's a good chance that Trent Brown comes back, and he looks like he's working his butt off without question, uh, putting up uh, videos on uh, on social media, uh, you know, showing how hard he's working, and if he's ready to go and he's healthy and he plays 16 games, that's, you know, uh, that's like getting an all-pro player for nothing because all of a sudden you didn't have him last year and you didn't have him for the last – three or four games the year before, and all of a sudden now he's there. So that creates uh, a, a lot of certainty. The key is how do you replace Gabe Jackson? Now, if there's confidence that John Simpson, uh, the rookie from Clemson last year, is ready to rock and roll, maybe that's uh, who who you replace him with. Or maybe they've got their eye on somebody in the draft. It is a good draft for interior offensive linemen. Or maybe there's somebody on free agency. And before we get through today, 
I'm definitely going to look at the, the guard population uh, and check that out. We'll throw some names out there, see what you guys think uh, about uh, some of the possibilities in free agency. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie in Los Angeles, real quick. Eddie, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? How's everything going over there with you? Everything's going great, man. How are you doing, brother? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm not too worried about Raiders not having enough money to spend. Historically, they've always done... Uh, they always spent whatever they had and plus more, sometimes more than what they should have on certain players, you know, and especially last year on NASA. But I'm more worried about the players that they will be signing. Uh, with the whole Trent Brown, I, I'm kind of, I hope that they actually either work out a trade or just flat out let him go. I don't know how, what kind of a message you sent to the, the, to the rest of the young locker room because it's obvious that these guys needed to be mature. If, the, if a player immature like him is allowed to stay on or, or um, and it's not traded away. Yeah, it hurts for Jackson to be leaving and then in, them cutting incognito, but that doesn't necessarily mean they won't bring him back. Jackson, there might not be enough suitors out there to give the number that the Jackson wants or, or necessarily the Raiders would have given to him anyway. So there's a, it, it all depends what happens here in free agency and, and what happens in the draft. So I'm not ready to pull the panic button on it. And, and you know, this, this season that just passed, we didn't have a con- we didn't have continuity on the offensive line at all. I think they only played you know a handful of games, if that, or maybe even snaps as a, as a starting unit. So they they're they're very you know they're very in tune on how to get the best out of their players there, with the exception of Trent Brown, of course. But if you can get if you do are you are able to trade him get get a solid replacement for him. I think the rest of the pieces are there for us not to worry too much about it. And, and the draft is just there to add depth. I think we still have to keep our eyes on the prize here, fix that defense, get players, you know, we'll spend our money wisely on players that are going to be producing in this new defensive system, then worry too much on the offensive line. I, I think there's too much to put on the Derek's fumbles and being worried about that. I think the, the his, his, his mastering of the, of John Gruden's offense is going to help a lot with new offensive help in the front. If that, if if I'm adequately putting that, but I'm not too worried about it. I'm more worried about again what they do with Trent Brown and the message that sense and the players they do sign out there to for them to spend their money wisely. I think they'll they'll be able just like any other any other team in the league. They'll be able to manipulate the draft and do what they have to do to sign players and get a good squad going there. So it's just we just have to be yeah. patient. And- no, I, and I and I hear you. Um, I, I I think though that uh, man, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I would have said that you know, uh, uh, fat chance that uh, that Trent Brown was back. But now, in light of Gabe Jackson, um, you know, uh, getting released, and now Richie Incognito, which I I expected Richie Incognito to get released, but now, but with both of the the guards uh, being released, uh, and specifically Gabe Jackson, I don't necessarily think the Raiders are interested in creating um, an even bigger hole on the right side of their offensive line by getting rid of Trent Brown. Uh, I know that they're still contemplating it. I know they're still thinking about it. We talked to Mike Mayock about it a couple of days ago, and he said the jury is still out, but it just doesn't seem like it would make a lot of sense at this point if you get rid of both Trent Brown and Richie in, or, uh, and Gabe Jackson on top of also Richie uh, over on the left side. But 
you know, if they do, it probably um, signals that they've got some sort of a master plan in place where they're going to be able to, to to take care of the right side of the line. I just, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be hard enough replacing Gabe Jackson, let alone having to replace Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line. Jesse wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Jesse? Hey, Vinny. How's it going? Doing good. I'm good, man. Thank you also. Cool. Yeah, so I, I just oh well, I wanted to comment on the Richie Incognito releasing. I um I was reading a report. Well, I don't know if it was really a report, but um, gosh, what's the guy's name? The guy that uh, covers the Raiders as well. Gosh, I forgot his name. But anyways, I just read that uh, basically the plans are to re-sign. It looks like they might re-sign Incognito for a cheaper contract. It looks that maybe his market's not too. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I think I got got what you're saying. Um, if that was the case, then they would just restructure his contract. Uh, there's a way that um, there, there there's a way that they would have done that without just giving him his release. It sounds like he wants to go check out on the on on the market and see what what might be out there. That's not ruling out the fact that he might come back. Uh, no question about it. But um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I just. You know, at this point, you, you, when you when you release somebody, um, you know, you're, you're giving them an, a, an opportunity to to get a head start on finding a a landing spot, um, and uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know, um, you know, uh, what the what the overall plan is right now. But again, uh, if it's just to release, I mean, if it's if you're just talking about, um, you know, um, uh, just coming back. I, I, you would just renegotiate the contract, um, but you know what? There's there's, um, there, there's always that opportunity. There's always that possibility. And one thing that could happen is that um, he gets healthy between like right now. It, one of the reports that I saw was that he's 100 percent healthy. Uh, if he's 100 percent healthy, um, you know that's 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 great. And you know maybe he could find another landing spot, or maybe come back to the Raiders at a uh, at a lesser price. But it just the way this was reported. Yeah. Are, are broke. It just makes me believe. Like, why wouldn't you just renegotiate the contract to a to a lower to a lower figure? Restructure that uh, contract. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, um, I, would, I'm hope, not... I would hope that they looked at bringing them back. Um, simply because, I mean, realistically, man, like you said, that Gabe, you know, Gabe Jackson already being gone. I mean, that line is looking depleted. And if they do end up, you know, moving on from Trent Brown, whether they trade or release. Um, I mean, you're looking at a depleted line, uh, and uh, you know it's no secret. You know, the, Derek Carr he needs a, a line that can really give him some time to protect, man. Because if not, if, I mean, if we're you know, I, and it's tough. I mean, I get it's tough, and you know, salary cap fell under, but I really think that we should find any further than <laughs> than get, getting rid of Gabe Jackson already. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I, I think there will. You know, there. I I don't think that the Raiders are absolutely out of the picture with Richie Incognito. Um, you know, I think it's something that they're going to definitely uh, monitor. Um, it'll it'll create, you know, uh, immediate salary cap space, obviously, uh, for them to to play around with uh, in free agency. It'll also give him a little bit of time, uh, you know, to 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 continue to rehab and to to, to continue to get uh, healthy and get better. Um, and then, you know, there might be a, there, there might be a market for him, uh, elsewhere, uh, at the salary he was expected to get. 
uh, or that may never materialize, and maybe he takes a look back at the at the Raiders after all the dust has settled from free agency. So, um, you know, that's something that I would definitely keep an eye on. Um, but for the for the time being, at least, it creates five point seven million, um, you know, in salary cap relief, and it could be a, a situation where down the road, um, a mo- and when I say down the road, a month or two from now, uh, if that, uh, then maybe he sees that. You know, my best bet is to come back to the Raiders. Uh, I know that he really enjoys Las Vegas. I know he really enjoys John Gruden. I know he really enjoys uh, playing for the Raiders, um, and I know that they need him too. Um, so maybe, maybe there's there is the possibility, and I'm not ruling that out uh, whatsoever that that he comes back, and that sure would be helpful if he did. You know, because again, now and if he's healthy, then you know you can you can put Incognito back at left guard, and maybe uh, Denzel Good moves to. Uh, uh, to, to left guard or stays at left guard and Richie Incognito goes to right guard or vice versa, but at least you have your, you, you have your guards uh, settled. So uh, we will, we will see where, you know, where all of that is headed, but it's an interesting time uh, right now um, to be sure, because you have so many players that are going to hit the open market here pretty soon. And that's another situation why, you know, for Richie Incognito, the chances of him coming back to the Raiders uh, is probably fairly good, I would say, um, only because there's going to be other Richie Incognitos out on the open market, and that's going to glut the market. Uh, it's definitely going to be a buyer's market moving forward. Uh, so the so the I think the advantage goes to the teams because there's there's going to be a lot of players at a lot of different positions, um, and and so you know we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, but yeah, as we sit today. Uh, the two guards that the Ra- that the um, that the Raiders expected to go into the season with last year are technically uh, not on the roster. That is a uh, a surprising situation to say the least. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Another day, another guard apparently on his way out the door uh, for the Raiders, although I wouldn't close the door entirely uh, on uh, Richie Incognito, who uh, is reportedly going to be released uh, by the Raiders in a salary cap uh, uh, related move. He would uh, basically save the Raiders $5 million, create $5 million of salary cap relief which the Raiders will apply uh, to um, you know, the money that they're going to be using uh, here in these next few weeks as soon as free agency opens to shore up some, uh, some uh, positions. Uh, Gabe Jackson, uh, the, the starting right guard, uh, is also uh, expected to be released. That's a $9.7 million uh, cap savings. Um, so uh, we'll see how it all kind of shakes out, though. Um, you know, I wouldn't rule out Richie Incognito uh, coming back. I, I tend to think that Gabe Jackson is going to find a market um, and will land on his feet somewhere else, uh, much like a Terrell Williams uh, apparently has with the Detroit Lions. Uh, so 
but but with but with Richie coming off the you know the uh, the Achilles tendon injury, um, living here in Las Vegas, liking Las Vegas, loving the Raiders, loving John Gruden, the relationship that those two have uh, with each other, uh, and I know the Raiders understand his importance. Um, but I, as of right now, uh, you know, I think it's in the best interest to work it this way because it allows the Raiders to go make moves. It allows Richie Incognito to, to continue to rehab um, with an eye on either returning to Las Vegas with the Raiders or, um, you know, finding another market and another home someplace else. But, you know, what are the chances? You, you just have to wonder um, at his age coming off the injury that he did, how many te- what kind of markets are really going to be? Um, you know, for Richie Incognito uh, out there, uh, the Raiders really were the one team that gave him an opportunity. Remember, he was uh, out of football there for a little while due to various reasons, and the Raiders kind of threw him a uh, a bit of a lifeline. Uh, he took it and seized it and had a tremendous year in 2019, earned himself a, a, a new two-year contract. Unfortunately, he was reduced to only two games last year uh, due to the uh, the Achilles tendon injury. Um and and you know so so he b- becomes a a big question mark moving forward and at 5.7 million dollars in this day and age with the salary cap going down going down like it is i don't know if you can afford to have uh, a question mark like that at that price uh, better to 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 go ahead and move on maybe even if it's temporarily uh, be able to monitor where where he is health wise over these next uh, this next month or so um, go take care of some other business, especially on defense. Um, and then, you know, uh, much like a boomerang coming back, maybe Richie, In- Richie Incognito uh, does return. And if you look at it from that perspective, uh, if Richie comes back, um, you know, you, you could easily see it kind of unfolding as a Colton Miller at, at left guard or left tackle, Richie Incognito at left guard, Rodney Hudson at center, Denzel Good, who is also a pending free agent, who is a pending free agent at right guard, uh, and and Trent Brown, if you bring him back at right tackle, uh, that's a, not a bad-looking offensive line right there. It's basically the same offensive line uh, as it was last year, save, or going into last year, save for uh, Gabe Jackson, and not to minimize the loss of Gabe Jackson whatsoever. Um, he's been a really good player for a really long time here with the Raiders, but you know, these are decisions, hard decisions that you have to make. Uh, and I also thought Denzel good, uh, played really well, uh, in relief of Richie incognito. Um, and, 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 you know, do it in a way that, uh, you know, keeps this offensive line moving forward. Um, they played well, even in spite of all the upheaval last year, you gotta, let's keep in mind, Richie incognito played two games last year, right? Uh, Trent Brown played four games last year. And so while this offensive line wasn't the offensive line that not even close to being the one that uh, the Raiders expected to have uh, and the one that Pro Football Focus rated as the number one offensive line going into the season, um, in spite of all that, it was still pretty darn good. Um, Definitely above average. And the offensive line or the offense in general played pretty well. There were some... There were some breakdowns. Um, you know, I look at some of those fumbles by Derek Carr. I think he had 11 of them, three of them in one game um, against the Atlanta Falcons, and he was under siege that entire game. The offensive line, for whatever reason, just did not come uh, to play that game, nor did anyone else uh, on, the, on the Raiders. It was just one of those funky kind of, kind of games. Uh, but the offensive line basically got their lunch handed to them uh, in that game, and, and, and Derek Carr was playing under stress like the entire game. Like it was... 
nonstop, and uh, that's how turnovers occur. But other than that, other than that game, um, it was fairly solid for the Raiders' offensive line. Um, and keep in mind, you know, you saw John Simpson, uh, the rookie from Clemson. I don't know if he showed enough last year uh, to necessarily uh, think that he's going to be able to handle the job, a job on a full time basis. But you know, players get better. Uh, this is an important time of year for John. Um, I'm sure he's, you know, working out. And I'm sure he's, you know, if he's around town, getting into the building uh, on the couple of times a week that you're allowed to uh, and doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, I know that the Raiders still have real high hopes for him, but maybe you bring on, you know, bring Richie Incognito back on a one-year deal um, and and allow John Simpson uh, to continue to develop, and maybe he's ready to rock and roll uh, going into 2022. We'll so, Vinny, see. what would the what would the um the number be for it to make sense for Richie Incognito to come back then? Well, I think it's all all of that. I think is going to be predicated on what business the Raiders are able to take care of between now and you know now and when you really make that decision. Um, who knows? I mean, if 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 they get their and do you business think the take- Raiders want to keep him? Like, is this a, is like obviously a cap casualty? But do you think like if he would came, would come back for let's say the the league minimum? You, do you think they want him back? Because I want to make a poll and see what Raider Nation thinks. Um, I it's tough to say because I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just want to ask. I just want to ask Raider Nation. Do you think the Raiders should bring Richie Incognito back? It just depends. But for me, anyway, that a lot of that is predicated on money, but also where he is health wise. Achilles tendon at 37 years old, that's a tough one. And I don't think, I think that's one of those ones that you're not going to really know until you get out there and see him play. Like, like I, I, and I've seen this before where guys are like, I'm great, I'm good, you know, at this time of year where you're lifting weights and, you know, you know, doing some, I'm sure, some agility work. Um, but we don't know, and and I don't know if it's I don't know if you can know until you actually get out there and grind it out, you know, in 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 OTAs and training camps where you're having to come back out there the next day and practice again and again and again. They'll go play a game. It's it's hard to tell. So I'd have to first look at the medicals. I'd have to first see where he is health wise before determining, you know, what that comfort zone is uh, on 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 a contract. But you could also, I mean, and that's the thing with the health. It might be a situation where maybe he's not ready to start the season, but you bring him back at a uh, at a reduced cost, uh, and you and you get him healthy so that he gives you you know uh, so that he's eventually healthy. I, but 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 again, I don't know what the case is uh, in terms of in terms of his health. It sounds like everything's going good with the rehab, but um, we're a long way off from him suiting it up and getting out there on the field. But I would say I, I you know three million, I guess you know if he's healthy. All right, three million compared to. Excuse me for not knowing, but what would he? What would his? It was, um, I think it was five point seven. Five point seven. I'll, let me check. I got it right here. While you put the uh, while you put the poll up, um, but you know we'll and and uh, let's also take a look at the uh, the guard population here for, um, for 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 free agency as we're doing that uh, as well. One second. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I was, I was looking at the um, Mike Clay, you know, the chart that he made, you know, that's been very helpful about, you know, all of the positions and players that are, might be a, available in free agency. And do do the Raiders want? Because you said about three million, that would make sense to bring Richie Incognito back. So I, in my opinion, I think maybe you should just roll the dice with John Simpson if you if you believe that that he can produce in house instead of going out and getting another and spending that money on another guard just depends on um it all that also depends well uh denzel good is a is that that's that's an important um you know player to keep 
to keep in mind as well. I'm looking at uh, Brandon Schreff from from the from Washington, uh, Joe Thurney from New England, uh, John Feliciano. Looks like the Buffalo Bills, um, both of their guards, uh, Feliciano and Brian Winters, are scheduled to hit free agency. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, you know, Alex Redmond, John Miller uh, from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a fairly decent uh, guard uh, year uh, in in free agency, uh, but I'm not sure like how many, you know, how many guys are going to actually hit the open market and what the market's going to be for them. So um, yeah, but I, I I think there's a there's probably a better than fifty fifty chance that Richie Incognito comes back, especially looking at that list right there. He's going to have to compete with a lot of those guys for opportunities around the league as well. You know what I'm saying? So throw up the uh, throw up the uh, the poll and we'll, we'll take a look at it. Uh, but we'll also monitor this. I don't think the last days. I don't think we've seen the last Richie Incognito uh, with the Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bonner.